When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I have this degree. I studied this stuff. I know how to do this stuff. But I was always afraid to kind of get paid to do it in a weird way because I wasn't that super cinematic, extremely talented, high quality cinematographer. Hey guys, welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I am going to be talking today about money. So I know we're still kind of, I mean, oh my gosh, we're only 17 days into the new year. I feel like it's been a million years since January 1st, but it's still the beginning of the year and people are still working on goals and resolutions. And I know that money is a big goal and resolution for a lot of us. I, I don't think I've met too many freelancers who are like, no, I don't want to make more money. So I want to talk today about how to give yourself a raise this year, because to be honest with you, that is one of the number one reasons I decided to become a full-time freelancer. I got really tired of only making a certain amount of money at my day job, and I don't want to sound ungrateful. I feel like I was paid fairly, all that. I'm, I'm lucky that I didn't have those issues, but even still, even if I was paid fairly... I could only make a certain amount, maybe get a bonus at the end of the year, maybe, which, you know, a lot of companies don't even do that. So that's the great thing about being a freelancer is I get to choose how much, you know, what my rates are, how many clients I take on, what type of work I do, and I love it. So let's talk about that. Before we hop into the episode, I want to let you guys know about one of my favorite tools ever which is QuickBooks Self-Employed, since we're talking about money. It's that time of year, you guys. It's tax time. I just paid a uh, a tax bill, and it was not very fun. But QuickBooks did make it a lot easier, at least. This is not sponsored, by the way. I do have an affiliate link for them, so I'll leave that down in the show notes. But no sponsorship involved. I truly love this service so much. You simply connect your bank accounts, let them know which transactions were for business, which were for personal use, and they'll let you know you know, what amount to pay for your quarterly taxes. It's super nice because I can just give access to whoever's doing my taxes, my accountant or whatever. I can give them access to QuickBooks Self-Employed. I don't need to print off a bunch of statements and documents for them. They can just go in and pretty much get everything they need from this tool. So it's by far the most important app or service that I pay for every month. You guys don't want to mess around with your money. You know, nobody wants to get in trouble with the IRS or just not be on top of things or miss out on deductions that you could qualify for. Anyway, I do have a link that will get you 50% off your first six months of QuickBooks Self-Employed. Seriously recommend signing up if you don't have a software like this already. So let's talk about giving yourself a raise. So first thing here, you want to make sure that you're targeting the right clients for your product or service. I find that, you know, a lot of us, a lot of people, myself included, we sometimes go after clients because maybe they seem like the most fun to work with, or we feel like we're most qualified to work with them. Or I I don't, I don't really know. Maybe other people are doing that. So we kind of mimic them unintentionally maybe, but 
at the end of the day, they're actually not the clients who have the budget. They're not the clients who are best suited for our desired income. And so there's no science for this because it's going to be different for everybody. I mean, you got to do research on the industry. You got to do research on the company size and the company revenue and all that stuff. So I can't give you like a black or white yes or no answer on this, but I can give you an example. You know, I think for a long time in the beginning of starting my online business, I felt like I need to target other solopreneurs and entrepreneurs. And again, I don't know why I did this. I think I did it because like Gary Vaynerchuk was talking to other entrepreneurs and Amy Porterfield was talking to other entrepreneurs. And that's great. I love those people. I say it over and over again. I'm not bashing them when I say that, but their target audience is different than mine. And those are also like la creme de la creme, you know, they're the thought leaders in that industry. So yes, entrepreneurs will pay thousands of dollars to join a program like Amy Porterfield offers or something like that. They're not going to invest that in me when I was first starting out. And, you know, it just doesn't work like that. So for me, the most fruitful clients were actually bigger businesses, you know, corporate companies, which might not be as sexy, you know, I find them fun in their own way. But yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily making cool Instagram story slides all day long. For some of them, I do. But yeah, you got you to gotta figure out who has the money to invest in you and not just go for kind of the status quo, if that makes sense. One of the things that does help me is just researching revenue. I know that's like so simple, but honestly, Google will give you a lot of good information about companies and, you know, finances. If a company is only making $200,000 a year, they're probably not going to be able to afford $1,500 a month for social media, right? So, aim high aim for those middle or medium companies or even small businesses that are profitable, like very profitable. I work with a lot of startups, but I primarily work with funded startups. Not only I I have worked with like startup startups who are looking for funding, but primarily I, I work with funded startups and that's because they have money. They have a line item for their marketing budget. I don't know if this is super accurate anymore, but I know back in the day it used to be the recommendation used to be to spend like 8% of your budget towards marketing. And then from there, even you need to divide that between social media marketing and email marketing and search engine optimization, stuff like that. So, you know, again, if you're reaching out to a company that's only making $100,000, $500,000, 8% of that then divide that between the different marketing channels. And yeah, you're probably not going to make a lot as a social media manager there. So again, it's not an exact science, but it's just something to think about. Maybe aim for a different client set. If what you made in 2019 wasn't it for you and you didn't feel like they were profitable. Number two, similar here is you got to raise your rates. So whether that's by targeting a different audience or client, ideal client, or if it's just raising your rates for your existing customer avatar, that's fine too. But I recommend raising your rates at least once a year, every year on the dot. Don't miss it. Don't forget to do it. It's really important. So for my services or my packages that are are flat rate pricing. So for an example of this is podcast editing. I edit podcasts. I have a pricing sheet for editing podcasts and it doesn't change unless, you know, they need customizations or a la carte services. So for something like that, what I do is I just change the price sheet every year and boom, we're done. In addition to that, I also this year removed some services from that pricing sheet because I was finding 
Like I was working so hard and so long on podcast elements that people weren't necessarily using or that didn't really bring the value to the customer, like social media graphics that people weren't always necessarily using or show notes that people were tweaking and making their own anyway. So I removed those things. And yes, people can still purchase them if they want. It's just going to be an add-on. So audit your pricing and audit your offering too to make sure that you're not wasting time and that you're not leaking hours, which turn into money on something that you don't need to be. Now, a question I get very often about raising your rates is, well, what about the clients that are already signed and that are continuing on? I think there's several schools of thought here, right? You're probably going to hear different answers from different coaches and different people. But my thought is I don't really raise my rates for my existing clients very often. Now, I will if it's like a huge discrepancy. You know, if I was charging somebody $100 for a service and now I'm charging 1000 well, yeah, they're going to have to just kind of deal with it. I'm going to have to sit them down and let them know I was giving them an, an introductory pricing model and that I've learned, I've grown, things have changed, inflation. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't say that. But I would say, you know, I've learned, I've grown. My service and my quality is quite significantly different from when I was offering at it at $100. And you need to be prepared for them to leave too because yeah, I mean if I was paying $100 for something and somebody told me it's going to go up to 500 or even 300, I might have to think about it. So you got to be prepared to maybe lose those people. But nine times out of 10, I don't do that because the pricing discrepancy is not that huge. The reason that I don't raise rates that often, I maybe do it like every three years for an established client versus every one year. The reason I don't do this is because I still think we offer a service and I believe in customer service. And I believe that that is one of my key differentiators in addition to the actual results I get people and and the knowledge that I have, I think customer service and just being an accommodating, nice, kind person does set me apart. And it probably sets you apart too. And you want it to be for better and not for worse. So the clients that are sort of my legacy clients who have been with me for a long time and have kind of been grandfathered into lower pricing, those are the people who refer me all the time. They bring me business every single month, honestly. They leave me testimonials. They are understanding of things. They're, you know, not the clients who are calling me at all hours of the day and night. Like they are awesome. And I also think that it also acts as kind of a retention incentive, if you will, not to say that I'm going to hold it over their heads and like blackmail them over it, but they do know that they're locked into pricing that is lower than what you're offering now. And that if they have to pause service or leave, they're going to come back and have to pay that full rate. So I think it's just like a nice little incentive to stick around. So that's kind of how I feel about raising your rates. The next point I want to talk about is upskilling. Um, So, you know, when we first get started as freelancers, we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect ever the day I die will not be perfect and fully accomplished in my life. Uh, There's always something new that you can learn. And so I'm big on just maintaining your skills, upskilling your skills, you know, taking new courses, getting new certifications, all that kind of stuff. Not only can you learn new things that maybe you want to add on to your existing service offering, you know, maybe you are a social media manager, you do organic social media, and you want to start learning how to do Facebook ads, which I just released a course for. I'll leave that in the show notes. So if that is something that you're looking to do, that's a great complementary skill that you can add on to your existing agency 
or you know your, your existing business offering but it can also just look really good I mean if I go back to school and get my master's degree or if I get a new certification that is a little bit more prestigious and respected I I mean that I can put on my website I can put in my bio and it increases your value if I say that I am you know certified in all these different certifications and courses and trainings and the next guy standing right next to me has everything the same but they don't have those certifications nine times out of ten I'm going to be able to command a higher rate so that's something that I definitely did uh, this past year I decided that it was important for me to get a coaching certification because I didn't want to just you know not have the credibility behind it I also think that coaching is it was something that was new to me. I mean, I had been informally coaching for years and, and actively coaching more formally for a couple years, but it's not something like social media that I've been doing for over half a decade and that I've had experience with in the corporate world and multiple different companies and in the nonprofit sector. Like it was something that I was truly, I guess you could say self-taught. So I wanted to make sure that I was learning real principles and learning from established people. So I invested in a coaching certification. So all those things are things that you can do for sure. And you might even decide that you want to pivot, which is my next point. You can upsell and, or you can pivot your offers So similar to the first point here, you want to make sure that, yeah, you're targeting the right clients, but you also want to make sure that you're giving the right offer. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been like, oh my gosh, I have the most amazing offer. People are going to just lose it over this. They're going to love it. And it get crickets in response, crickets. Nobody wants what I'm offering. Nobody wants what I'm selling. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And the example that I have for this, for me, is video, honestly. So if you don't know this about me, I went to school for film, video, and media studies for for college, my undergraduate degree is in that. And I've always had this weird imposter syndrome with video because I've actually been taking film classes since I was early in high school. We had this like cool film program that I got to take part in. And I was never the uh, cinema person. I love cinema. I love film. I love watching cinematic work. I understand the principles of it, but I never wanted to make a movie. I never wanted to make a film. That was never me. And if you are in this industry at all, you might be able to understand this. And I say this with love. I hope nobody gets offended, but there can be like a certain brand of film snob, I think, that I just don't fit in with. I could care less if your your stuff is perfect. I think I like the power of video and how it is very accessible now and how a lot of people can do it and it's not pretentious. So anyway, I think I had a lot of imposter syndrome because yeah, I have this degree. I studied this stuff. I know how to do this stuff. I know the tech the technical terms for things and know how, you know, how to technically do things. But I was always afraid to kind of get paid to do it in a weird way because I wasn't that super cinematic, extremely talented, high quality cinematographer. And over time, as I was offering marketing services to people and doing my own video work, my own imperfect, oversaturated, (laughs) bad quality sound sometimes video work for myself, I was getting requests. People were coming to me and saying, hey, 
I love this video. Can you do it for me? Can you do something similar? Can you film us? Can you edit my video? Can you be the face of my company and do this video? And I had to kind of surrender to that and realize, you know what? Maybe this is really what I'm good at. And so while I still do social media marketing and I still want to and still will continue to for sure, Honestly, some of my biggest contracts are video projects. And I think I just have to come to terms with the fact that, you know what, maybe I do some video work as well. It's not all about just social media. So anyway, my point of telling that story is that, yeah, you know, you may just have to change your offering, add something new to the mix, listen to your clients, listen to what they really need. Seriously. They might not need a course, they might not need a social plan, but they might need video and you might be able to give that to them or vice versa. And then again, you might want to upsell. So if you decide on adding a new service to your offering like video, maybe that's something easy. You already have warm leads. You have people that are already signed on or that you've talked to last year, whatever it is, maybe letting them know that you're offering this new service and you'd love to make it work for them. It really is amazing how many clients I've had over the years that I've never even had a conversation about an upsell. And I know it's kind of scary. I know money is one of those things that it's just like, oh my gosh, it's so uncomfortable to talk about. I totally get it. But you have the warmest leads. I mean, I've had clients that are just so happy with me. And it's like, why didn't I at least ask them if they wanted like one extra thing that could make me a few hundred extra bucks at least, maybe a few thousand extra bucks. You know, you never know. So upsell I don't want to say as much as you can because you don't want to be like aggressive about it, but upsell when it makes sense. Upsell when you're, you really have something that your client could really benefit from. It could be the difference between you having to go out and get a whole new client and go through the onboarding process for an entire new client and just maybe putting in a couple of extra hours of work for one established client that you already have and love. And lastly, I am going to go there. <laughs> I'm going to go there and tell you to manifest it. But seriously, I know that I'm not really that type of person who's all about, you know, manifesting. And I mean, actually, I kind of am. I've always talked about my intuition in business, and I've never really shied away from that. But I do hate when I get on a webinar or I pay for a course or I pay to talk to a coach or something, and they're like, just manifest it. And I'm like, okay, but like I'm manifesting a million dollars and it's not happening. So what's going on? There has to be a marriage between the mindset stuff and the actual actionable stuff. There does. You can't just like dream that you're going to make a bunch of money and it just falls in your lap. You got to actually put forth actions to make it happen too. But I will say that mindset really does matter. And I don't know, this past year, it's really clicked for me just how much mindset has mattered. I don't know why that is. I mean, I actually, I think it was earlier this week or maybe last week, I found out that one of my favorite projects that I was really enjoying working on and that had been consistent for me for months, like almost a year, I think, that the project was getting put on hold. And it wasn't anything I did, or at least I don't think it was. And, you know, it it wasn't that I got quote unquote fired. It was just getting put on hold. And I was disappointed for about five minutes. (laughs) And, you know, yeah, I guess when I really think about it, yeah, I'm still kind of bummed, but like not really. I didn't let it ruin my day. I didn't let myself tell myself that I was the problem or that I am unhirable or that I did a bad job or any of these things. I said, okay, yeah, I get it. Like things happen. Let's move on. And I ended up making up that income the very next day. 
I'm not making this up. I know that sounds like very like coachy, you know, like every, every like sales page says something like that, but like for real, I did. I ended up signing a coaching client and I ended up signing two new clients on Upwork, which I probably will do an updated episode on one of these days. Cause I've talked about it, talked about it in my Denver video. In case you missed that, it's on my YouTube channel right now, Latasha James, but, uh, I've actually been liking Upwork lately. So more to come on that. But anyway, you know, I could have taken that as a really negative defeat, I guess, but I didn't, I was like, you know what? That opens the door to do more things that gives me more time in my day. Cause that project was taking up about one and a half whole work days for me every week. So that's one and a half work days that I have for a new client or to work on my member site. That's going to be launching very soon or to work on YouTube videos, which are working and making me money and earning me clients. Why am I not putting more time and effort into those, all those things. So you got to look at it, look on the bright side, you know, but manifestation in, in general is just understanding that you're worth it. Understanding that money can be used for good. I think this, I don't know, this might be in a whole other podcast episode as well, but especially if you grew up like me, which I'm sure a lot of you did without a lot of money, you might understand that sometimes money can be looked at like it's this evil thing. And subconsciously, you might not realize that you actually really want it and deserve it because it it's kind of has this negative stigma for you. And you always, always had these bad associations with money before. And so switching up that mindset and manifesting money, bringing you peace and joy and being able to do amazing things with it and not having to be this negative, ugly, selfish thing, you know, manifesting, being able to donate or start a a foundation or helping out your family or your friends who are struggling, like all of those things can help turn money from this ugly topic to something that's really positive. It's also just getting that confidence level up is something that is really important to this whole game, honestly. I don't wanna call it a game because that sounds really negative, but it kind of like sometimes is, you know? You gotta walk the walk. You gotta you gotta know how to speak people's languages, figuratively, I mean. You know, you can't walk into a Fortune 500 company trying to pitch your service with the confidence of somebody who has barely seen success for their own small personal brand. You have to own it. And I don't really like the term fake it till you make it, but I do like the term dress for the job that you want and things like that. I think that all matters. I I actually one best dressed at my first corporate job. And I, I think that means something. I really do. I went into that job, which was honestly, was a glorified call center. Okay. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> it was, I learned a lot. It was at an amazing company, a fortune 500. I, I loved that job true, really. And truly some days I honestly miss it, but it was a glorified call center. Okay. And I worked like second or third shift. So it was not glamorous. It was not quote unquote, like a real professional job. But I dressed, I wore blazers every day and it put a pep in my step. And I also think that it signaled to my managers that I was serious. And lo and behold, I did get promoted very soon into that job. So I think the same thing goes for your business. You got to, you know, dress for the job that you want. You got to live the lifestyle that you want and portray that lifestyle that you want to really make it happen. Now, I don't mean go out and buy a Mercedes on your credit card. Please don't do that. But I'm just saying, you know, if you really want things to happen, you have to be able to envision yourself really having them, having those clients and building those relationships and and doing that work. So that, that is important. Mindset is, mindset is huge. 
All right, so those are the five ways that I recommend giving yourself a raise in 2020. I'd love to know, did you raise your rates this year? Are you planning to? Does that freak you out? Let me know. Tag me on your Instagram stories or hit me up on Twitter at the Latasha James. And yeah, let me know what you thought of the episode. Let me know what you're thinking about your raise that you will be getting. I'm going to manifest it for you. I mean, you're going to make more money this year. Uh, yeah, let's do this together. So anyway, a quick update just on my end. The member site is happening very soon. I got unexpectedly busy last week, so I got a couple of things that I need to button up, but it will be coming in the next, I'm hoping by the end of the month. So stay tuned for that. And if you missed my last episode where I talked about it, it's going to be a new membership that's starting up. It's really going to be taking the place of my Patreon. We're going to have resources in there and group calls and a ton of great educational materials like masterclasses and guest presentations and things like that. It's going to be $10 a month. So the cost of a couple of Starbucks coffees. So definitely put away your coins for that. I think it's going to be really good. And I'm I'm super, super excited to get this going. It's been a dream of mine for a long time and I, I manifested it <laughs> this year and I'm deciding to really make it happen. So that's it for me. Thanks again. Review the show, all the good things, and I'll talk to you next week. I'm Latasha James, and that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to review it on iTunes or share it with a friend. This podcast is all about community, so you can also go ahead and head over to the Facebook group. It's called the Freelance Friday Podcast Community, or follow me on social. My handle is the Latasha James across all platforms. I'd love to know what you thought of the episode, and like I said, feel free to share it with a friend, tag a friend, screenshot the episode, and tag a friend. It really helps us grow this community, and my goal is to help as many people through this collective community become better freelancers and more empowered freelancers. So that's it for the episode. I'll talk to you in the next one. It airs every single Friday. I'll talk to you again then.